0: podcast is part of the pod syndicate valley for more criminally compelling shows articles and conversations head to wearepod syndicate.com hello and welcome to
1: the
2: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 423 of Film Bastards. My name's Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by...
3: Mark Foster. Hello, everybody.
2: Hello, hello, indeed. Um, Becky is not home from work yet. This this may be a recurring thing with with the show moving forward. I, I don't think we've actually said this on mic, but due to um, uh, Mark and Becky moving, um, Beck's is now kind of coming, getting home later. And so we're like, there, there's a chance that she may miss bits of the recording or if she didn't watch the marathon film, we'll record that without her or, 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 or whatnot. Um, but yeah, um, it, unfortunately it kind of, a, it, 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 is, it is what it is kind of thing. Cause uh, we're unable to record at weekends. So um, just throwing that out there. Um, the, yeah, what we've got coming up this week. Um, so we've actually only got one main review, um, which is uh, the Andrew Garfield starring Lin Manuel Miranda directed Tick Tick Boom. Um, Mark and Bex, unfortunately weren't able to get to Ghostbusters Afterlife, um, but I I I think it's fair to say that I, I I I've had the indication that people are looking forward to hearing my thoughts on it. Yeah, so. There's probably going to be an extended monologue.
3: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going, was... to be, I'm going to be asking you questions during the monologue, and I haven't seen the movie, but I'm going to be asking you questions basically about like what, why you disliked that bit as much as you did. And um, like the reason why I made go is I'm a bit confused because I've I've been working away for most of this week, so literally have just had no uh, sort of time to actually do anything. Um, but yeah, but hopefully that's where, where me and Becky have come up with a different plan for how we're going to get to the cinemas from now on.
2: Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yes. Um, Patreon.com forward slash filmbastards. We've got extra content going up there like every week at this point. Um, so, at the moment we are going back through the films of Michael Mann with our series Men Doing Their Jobs Really Fucking Well. And um, and we will be discussing after we record this, actually, what men were doing their jobs really well in The Keep. Mm. It's uh, it's an outlier in uh, man's filmography in a number of ways. Yes, uh, absolutely.
3: <laughs> uh, 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 to the point of where, uh, 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 we probably should come to this with The Keep, but I'm going to say it now. To the point of where, at one point, about 10, 15 minutes in, and Becky had seen The Keep a few times before. She paused it and turned around to me and went, wait. Are you sure this is the same Michael Mann?
2: <laughs> yeah. But yes, uh what 100%. So, um I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to um us getting into it actually because that, that film's fucking fascinating. Um so we are podsyndicate.com. uh you know, listen to our, uh, the other like-minded podcasts: Chinstraker versus Punter, his film, her movie, uh, the Iron Sequel, um, the Rewatch Project, uh, Entertainment Landfill. Um, yep, um, and I, I, yeah, I'm going to talk about it to to make it real. But uh, Mike of Chinstraker versus Punter had an idea that he uh, tossed my way a couple weeks back. Um, we are gonna do a series of podcasts, I think it's gonna be a series of podcasts anyway um basically ranking like what I'm coming at it and I'm trying to basically scientifically work out the best bond movie by ranking the varying aspects of the bond movies and I'm gonna be assigning them all points on a spreadsheet by kind of category to work out scientifically what should be my favourite Bond movie and we'll see whether I actually agree with
3: that. I'm um, fascinated by this. I think it sounds fucking brilliant.
2: Uh, yeah, I, it's going to be a nightmare. Um, but uh, it, it was Mike's idea um, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, deep dive conversation about Bond would be great. I, I dearly loved doing the commentaries and the Beginner's guide series for uh, like where I have guests, um, but yeah, Mike loves his Bond, and I'm really fucking looking forward to recording that. So we'll see uh, just how big that particular project gets, but I imagine that will be on the Pod Syndicate bonus feed. It, it I would, imagine
3: that's I think that was the idea for the, the place for it to go, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, yeah, it would make, it would make the most sense, I believe. Okay, so movie news. um Mark, have you spotted anything this week?
1: Um, there was the the, the, the weirdness of uh, D-
3: Disney announcing that um, Scarlett Johansson will be returning to the uh, MCU in some way. Yeah,
2: wasn't there a thing where it's like she's not going to be Black Widow though? Or, or yeah. something like that? Yeah. yeah. Wh-
4: mm.
3: So, what? <laughs> Is she going to be Directing something maybe but you can't look at it and go, Well but what? Um, or something. It just it feels a little I dunno like like somebody said something and then they've gone and then they've walked out of the room and then somebody's gone, wait, did you just say she's coming back? And he's gone, Yeah go, is that sure? He's like, Well isn't she? We can find some up for her, sure we can.
1: Yeah,
2: um, because I mean, she's made good with Disney now, and she's going to be in that Tower of Terror film that Taika Waititi's directing. Um, which I, I, you know, in in all honesty, I think that sounds quite fun. Like, I'll I'll watch a Taika Waititi directed kind of like fun, maybe family horror movie. Why not? Um, but yeah, yeah it just it, it it's a bit of a shame that. It, it 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 felt a bit disingenuous the way she was coming like the way she was coming at it and of, of course it's Hollywood you know so everybody's got like a fl- fucking financial motive at the end of it all but it was a shame that she didn't really take them to the wire on this and go no like. Let, let's actually drag this out in public, and I get why she didn't, but it, you know, it, it, I, I still think it's a shame. And for it to just now go, okay, yeah, I'm I'm back in the Disney thing again. Let's—it wasn't just a let's sort out an out-of-court settlement and away I go. It's at, yeah, okay, I'm going to jump straight back in bed with Disney. It's um
1: yeah,
3: you put me over yeah. to the point of where I threatened to sue you, but yeah, let's be friends.
2: Yeah, it's I yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird dichotomy that.
3: um <laughs>
4: Mm.
3: It really is. Yeah, yeah um, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if she is going to be like doing the voiceover for like a series of documentaries about the uh, MCU uh, and bits like that going forward for Disney Plus.
2: just pay her a shitload. Yeah,
3: yeah, and just mm. go. Remember, we paid you that money. Yeah, well, you need to do this now. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you could see that, couldn't you? You could see that. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, to be fair, it's, you know, it's Thanksgiving uh, today as we record. So, uh, happy Thanksgiving to uh, those of you who celebrate it. Um, but, yeah, I think that kind of means that um, there, there's there, there's maybe not an awful lot of stuff going on out there.
3: No, everything seems to be focused around Thanksgiving and Black Friday. Um, so yeah, that's the the, the, the the everything I'm getting at the moment is uh, Are you ready for your Black Friday deals? And I'm like, ah, I don't give a fuck.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I haven't spotted anything. I've I've been after to be fair. I mean, I give a fuck because I like deals, but I haven't really spo- I haven't spotted shit. Um, and so I will say. Um, so Netflix have released uh, new metrics to kind of prove how popular their films are. Mm. Um, I thought it was interesting. Um, Red Notice was their number one film for the for the second week with yeah. 129.1 million hours watched. Yep, because that's um, how they're
3: doing it now, isn't it? So they can say, rather than it's been watched X amount of times because they were getting accused of, well, that is people watching like two minutes of it. Mm. so they're now doing it in minutes
2: i don't, it, it's it i mean it's interesting this like so red notice has done two hundred and seventy seven point nine million hours overall, which is just about where well, it's probably by now eclipsed the all time record bird box, which was two hundred and eighty two million which um is- Fascinating uh, box. <laughs> it, that box was. That fucker was a big old deal, though, wasn't it? It was,
3: wasn't it? it I, I, yeah, it was like it was so heavily publicised like a couple of years ago um, for such a a film. Now that you just don't think that they would give that much time to.
2: Mm. I mean, um, second uh, for Netflix last week was a film I've not yet seen: um, The Princess Switch Free Romancing the Star. Uh, which I think I might be watching this weekend. Um, like
3: your Princess Switch movies, though, yeah. Uh,
2: uh, mate, like Vanessa Hudgens only came back. Uh, had said she only came back to it because she wanted an expanded role for the third Vanessa Hudgens character, Fiona, the bad girl British one. And uh, yeah, let's let's go. Um, I, all I want is a post-credit scene where her character from The Night Before Christmas, K N I G H T, that is um uh comes into it as well
3: i oh, need a yeah you need, you you need it to become a universe <laughs> I, I i
2: what the, the- the thing is i mean the netflix Christmas cinematic universe is a thing, yeah, and I need that to happen i mean i'm already annoyed uh, uh, that this is the second year in a row that we don 't have a new Christmas prince film, so it feels like they're done um yeah it
3: does doesn't it? if you only had... the third one now yeah it it's
2: Well, a fourth one, mate. There's been three. Fourth, yeah, yeah. There's been three of them. Yeah. Um, uh, You had a a Christmas Prince, a Christmas Prince Two, the Royal Wedding, and a Christmas Prince Three, the Royal Baby. Um, So, um, yeah, Uh, but and the fact
3: next year we number four. The Royal Baby goes to college!
2: Oh, that'd be great. I'd I'd, I'd watch it
3: though. But I mean, like, what
2: they need to do? Vanessa Hudgens needs to get off the princess switch and get back on the Night Before Christmas. I want a Night Before Christmas too. Um and uh oh, their third film is actually a film I will talk about later on, so I'm going I'm to leave that be. But it's I don't know. It, it, it's interesting this though because hours watched. It's like yeah, but some films are longer than others. That's not a yeah. fucking metric. Nope. Stop. Um, it, 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 even though I think it's a damning indictment on the viewership of the Irishman that that film is three and a half hours long and still doesn't. Sit, it seems to be anywhere on the. Uh, actually, what is? I want to get their, their What they're saying there. Of all time is. Hang on. Their list, yeah.
3: So how long's Red Notice? Red Notice. Let's try and work out. Just,
2: years. just under two hours.
3: So it's a uh, one hour fifty-eight. So that's you know one hundred eighteen minutes. Should we knock off six minutes for credits and call it sure. one hundred twelve minutes? Sure. So how many how many minutes was it? They said they logged two hundred
2: seventy-nine million
3: hours. 239 million hours so let's divide that by let's call it let's just say it's two hours just to be fucking what is it and then we'll so that is like so it's been watched roughly 140 million times bear with me two seconds getting a phone call hello hello
2: Um, so I don't know whether Mike, Mark can hear this, but I can go all, hear good. the other person. So I'm just going to talk because yeah. yeah, it'd be
3: tomorrow,
2: weird if, know yeah. Oh, though, right. I'm just going to go. Uh, uh. Yeah, let me know. That's no problem. Ian, try and cut this bit well, out. Right. Let's see if it, you remember. I if I good don't good. remember, guys, can you all tweet me cumquat, that please? Man? That's cumquat. Yeah,
3: Apologies for that, guys.
2: No worries. So, uh, how many? So, how? Uh, what was that calculation you just did?
3: It, it basically has been watched around 140 million times. Hmm. So, if you were to let's say the average cinema ticket price across the globe is because you've got to remember that it, 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 some places have achieved than others. So, let's say it's eight. Eight. Let's say, let's say it's ten dollars. Sure. Right. So if we were to times that by ten, that would equate to them saying it has made 1.3 billion, 1, 1.4 billion, If people have watched it in the cinema,
2: which I yeah, I mean, in the end of the day, you're not going to have the, that many people go out to the cinema to watch it. I it, like it, it, it's there. So I mean, like, I believe it. You know, well, well, I, 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 fair I enough.
3: But I, I think you could maybe say that. I would say, you could say that 20%, maximum, uh, of those people would have gone to see it. Listen, mm. Maximum.
2: I mean, this this list of like the top 10 pre, um, uh, pre-Red Notice is interesting. So you've got Bird Box at number one, Extraction is number two.
3: That was massive, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, which was like weirdly big. I mean obviously Chris Hemsworth, but um weirdly big. The Irishman is number three, but you know, you do just have to bear in mind that the Irishman is probably twice the length of Bird Box.
3: Probably, yeah.
2: You know, so it does that does feel unfair. I mean, you look at the rest of the the the, the list. The Kissing Booth two, fine, whatever. Six Underground, Spencer Confidential, there you go. Yes. Um Enola Holmes, Army of how, the how, Dead. How, the...
3: Wait, how, how many how many minutes was *Spencer Confidential*? I want to know how many t- how many minutes I wrapped up watching it.
4: <laughs>
2: um, so it is 197.3 million hours.
3: Yeah, I'd say about 100 million of those of me.
2: Nice. Anola um, Holmes, Army of the Dead, The Old Guard, and Murder Mystery. Um, yeah, I just I'm not sure about this hours thing. I mean, surely they've got the metrics of how many accounts started a film. And how many of those accounts got to the credits of a film? Yeah, they they have that surely.
3: Yeah, they, they, they must do. They they must do. What what I'd like to know is as well is what's like the most watched film. I don't give a shit about TV series. What is the most watched film since Netflix launched on a more global scale? What's been like the most hours that one film has racked up? Not one of theirs, just in general. Because <laughs> I what? guarantee you, it's something really fucking random.
2: <laughs> what, whether on Netflix or not, or specifically on Netflix? S-
3: specifically on Netflix, but it can't, but it doesn't have to be a Netflix. But it doesn't have
2: to be a Netflix film. God, that's interesting.
3: Yeah, because I I reckon it's going to be something really fucking like like random. Hmm. Like, it, 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 it's going to be something. It, it it might be something starring Adam Sandler.
2: I wouldn't be surprised.
3: Yeah. And it would be like, that's fair enough. That's fair enough if Just Go With It is the most watched film in the history of
2: Netflix. <laughs> uh, well, that, that's a metric that we will probably never know.
3: It, it, do you know why? Because I guarantee you somebody will start going, hang on a minute, we can start working this into contract negotiations.
2: Uh, yeah, well yeah, I mean that is you know, with the back end not really being as much of a thing anymore, you've got to imagine they are they are wondering about that.
1: Yeah. But
3: then again, um, you know, Netflix by all accounts according to actors, you know, and directors pay well and it's a flat bang, you get this. Hmm. <laughs> uh, for that, I thought it was interesting that I, I saw a comment from um, Oscar Isaac's uh, this week uh, when somebody an interview asked him uh, if he'd return to the um, to Star Wars to do any more. And he yeah. kind of jumped and said, said, "If I like wanted like a new house or a yacht or something like that, maybe."
2: Fucking like what happened there? Because he seemed to be genuinely into it. Yep. And like when he started, it's like, what happened?
3: It does seem a little bit like like they 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 fucking they got everybody on the fucking spaceship with Star Wars set off, we're going and everyone's going, This is fucking great, we're having a fucking great time And they went, Yeah, it's fucking brilliant, isn't it? Yeah yeah And then after Solo was released, they went, Right, now we need to assign who cleans the fucking toilets and who mops the outside and bits like that. And everyone just went, whoa. No. <laughs> no fucking chance.
2: Yeah, it, it did seem like the joy flowed out of it for The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, yeah, fascinating. Fascinating. Um, but hey, Oscar Isaac's doing all right. He's doing a really weird landing voice in the Moonlight trailer, isn't it? Have you seen yeah,
3: that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a freaking good segue. Um, it 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 is it is a weird voice. You were looking at going, oh, oh, why are you doing that?
2: <laughs> yeah, so so odd. Um, in terms of trailers, I don't I don't think I have many. I've got one that I can specifically remember. So I'll throw it to you first.
3: Um, not that many. Again, there's not been that much. Come. Come out! Um, watch the trailer for Dog, the Channing Tatum movie.
2: Oh yeah, okay, I didn't um, see that.
3: Have you not seen it? No. Um, it basically it's from what I gather. Um, Channing Tatum plays a um, a semi disgraced ranger who, to get back in with his unit, uh, they tell him that he has to essentially take this retiring um, ranger dog get it essentially from one place to another but this dog will only well, it is a bit of a dick and will only listen to one person and that person's dead So he wow, to okay. kind of make friends with this dog and get this dog going for what is it so it just looks a little bit like a slightly funny comedy uh, look at Channing Tate and isn't he hot again um, and he's got a dog this time. Tearjerker. That I was watching the trailer for. Going, yeah, I'll watch that.
2: Bloody hell. Okay.
3: Yeah, it's literally just called dog.
2: Dog, 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 dog. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Any more?
3: Uh, no, but you're going to say one, and I'm going to go. Fuck. That's yes. That that. I don't that think. Well. I don't think this. To be fair. Uh,
2: The DC League of Super Pets.
3: Yep, didn't watch that.
2: Right. (laughs) Do do you know who voices Superman's dog in this?
3: No. Is this a genuine thing? Yep. Take a guess. Ah, DC League of... Take a guess. Who voices Superman's dog?
2: Superman's dog. Yep. Um... So, someone who probably would have played Superman if he was given the choice, but doesn't really look like your proto-Superman, but does, is like an action hero and loves being in things. He loves being in so many things.
3: Jason Statham? No. Is it The Rock? Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. He also also said this week that he'd... um that he'd quite like to play Bond, didn't
2: he? Yeah, he did. I'm very glad that will never happen.
3: It will never happen, yeah. Like, that
2: will never, never, ever, ever happen. So that's fine. He can like that all as much as he wants. Um, Yeah, he's playing Crypto Superman's dog um, and a bunch of other pets get turned into super pets. Um, Kevin Hart plays one of them. So it's Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart together again.
3: Um, I'm just having a look at this. Uh, Oh, wow. Oh. Who's is Kevin Hart?
1: Who's Kevin Hart's
2: dog, then? No, no, Kevin Hart is a dog. Oh, he's a dog.
1: I don't want to watch this.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean like to be fair, it's probably the only superhero thing I'll get lots to watch because animals are involved. Um Who the fuck else is in this?
3: Um, Natasha Leon. Oh
2: yeah, Keanu Reeves is in it.
3: Keanu Reeves, yeah.
2: Who the fuck's Keanu Reeves playing?
3: Uh undisclosed role. Oh, okay.
2: oh of course John Krasinski's fucking Superman.
3: Yeah. This I, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> just, there's a big, there's a big thing in my brain just going, why? And I know why. It's because kids will watch it, and that is fucking. I'm fine with that.
2: I mean, Mark Marin is playing Lex Luthor. Yeah. That that that'll do. That'll yep. do. Um. God, I'm gonna watch this, are I? <laughs> See what's out that week, but I'll be watching it.
3: Does it look any good?
2: Not not particularly.
3: No, I thought you were going to say that.
2: It just, I don't know, it's like The Rock as Superdog, of course. Yeah, yeah, sure.
3: He'll be so earnest, won't he?
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: And there's going to be a smell butt joke. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's gonna be a point where a dog is licking itself, but you'd see it from like the behind angle or something like that. that would be fun, yeah, yeah
2: yeah, I, yeah whatever, just very 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 whatever
3: someone at some point' gonna say par power power
2: uh, uh that'd be nice, that'd be great, that'd be great um okay, we're racing through it today, oops, um. <laughs>
3: The one where we need a bit of filler and we're fucking like, boom, we're done! Yeah,
2: yeah, kinda.
3: Um... Usually, with about an hour, we get to this point.
0: be the moment of her death nobody knows
2: but yeah 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 quite Um, I don't know shall I talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife
3: yeah yeah yeah. I, yeah I, I, I'm genuinely I, I, I'm almost a little bit glad right <laughs> that we haven't seen it but the in case uh, like we, we kind of we got on with it or anything like that and, and you didn't just get to just Hate on it.
2: I mean, spoilers. <laughs> so, I'm going to start off by reading something.
3: Can I just very quickly, mm. before you start, yes. just highlight the fact that, um, and you might get into this, but I want to highlight something, and I've not, again, I've not seen, so I can't comment on the quality of the film. But, what I can comment on is. I think it would be fair to say that without ever actually saying it, Jason Reitzman has been very sniffy about the um, 2016 Ghostbusters movie. It, well, yes,
2: he said that this Ghostbusters Afterlife was giving Ghostbusters back to the fans. Right,
3: yep. Yeah. So it's fair to say that he's been sniffy about it for a prolonged amount of time, for, because of COVID and bits like that. for getting on a year now, he's been sniffy, probably longer. ...about that movie... ...that was actually quite well liked... Uh, ...yeah... ...there was a lot of crying man babies... ...who decried that it had stolen their youth... ...and how dare they be... ...blah blah 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 blah... blah. ...but... I, I, we, we, ...I think we both really enjoyed it... Uh, mm-hmm. ...I know Becky did... Um, ...did you see that Paul Feig tweeted?
2: Yeah it was very classy...
3: ...he just... It, the fuck, ...that guy is a gem... Yeah, ...an isn't absolute he? fucking... ...underappreciated gem... Cause he didn't have to say anything. He didn't he could have gone and seen it, whatever, but he didn't have to tweet that at all. He could have waited until he had another film coming out on somebody asked him about it, and he could have been very gracious, and said, Yeah, I did see it and I enjoyed it, and blah blah blah. And nobody would have thought out. But to outright to come out and go, Really fantastic work, you know, I wish you all the best and all this lot you just looking at it going That is a fucking classic guy, Jason. That is a fucking... That is somebody you need to fucking look up to and go, maybe if I was more like him, I would have to be doing this film that I cleared early in my career, I would never do. Sorry, that is the bit I'm going to say about it.
2: Yeah, no, I've, I'm totally fair. So I'm going to read something here, right? Go on. Primary socialisation in sociology is the period early in a person's life during which they initially learn and build themselves through experiences and interactions around them. The process starts at home through the family, in which one learns what it is or is not accepted in society, social norms, norms and cultural practices that eventually one is likely to take up. Primary socialisation through the family teaches children how to bond, create relationships, and understand important concepts including love, trust and togetherness. The story of Ghostbusters Afterlife revolves around Phoebe, played by McKenna Grace, who, it turns out, is Egon's granddaughter. And she is basically a mini-Egon. She's got the same kind of sense of humour or apparent lack thereof. Um, She conducts all sorts of experiments and... On her first encounter with the paranormal treats it with interest rather than fear. Egon is also a person she's never met. Also, her mother, played by Carrie Coon, hates science. And has no interest in it whatsoever. As Egon basically abandoned her as a child. So... My first my first point here is Jason Reitman has created quite the damning treatise against the concept of primary socialization with Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um and I wasn't too sure what the point of the film was. I'm assuming that's why he did it. Um <laughs> Um Oh, or of course I'm not. Um, so Ghostbusters Afterlife. Honestly, I went into it going, if I'm gonna like it, I'll say I'll admit I liked it, but I will very much say, and I hate that I'm saying this. I I, I said that to you, yeah, like last week. Yep. Um, you know, I I will throw my hands up and go, fine. He's he's made a good film. Fuck's
3: sake you know mm. like you would have got, you would have gone ah oh, fuck off yeah no i liked it it's yeah fun. yeah exa- exactly
2: um so first off you've got this 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 character phoebe who is egon but there is no fucking reason whatsoever in the film that she is egon except for the fact that her grand a granddad who she has never met is egon and it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Um, also, right, how old is Carrie Coon? I meant to look this up.
3: Carrie Coon is 40.
2: 40, okay. So, take a real life age into account. This film, let's say this film was shot in 79, uh, In uh, sorry, 19, uh, 2019. Yeah. So she was born in 1979. She's Egon's daughter and she was born 5 years before the first Ghostbusters film. Yeah. There is a point made that he abandons his family when he discovers like a, a threat basically. And he just drops them. But when the fuck did he have this family?
3: Yeah he doesn't have them in Ghostbusters or Ghostbusters Part 2 no there is
2: no there is no way that Egon has had a family in Ghostbusters unless he's already left them and doesn't talk about them
3: is that the threat though the Ghostbusters is that the threat that he's talking about that they're mentioning
2: so, the threat that he leaves them for happens... Like, he basically f- like abandons the Ghostbusters as well. So, it must have happened after Ghostbusters 2. But if it happened after... So, if it happened after Ghostbusters 2, but by then, Carrie Coon would be 10 years old, again, doesn't make any sense.
3: No, it doesn't.
2: Um. So... The story of this film and uh, uh, uh Mark said all spoilers all the time he doesn't care.
3: Yeah, I don't care.
2: Um so this film starts with um Egon driving away from some sort of ghostly threat and then he basically gets killed in his farmhouse. Um and then uh Carrie Coon basically inherits the farmhouse. Carrie Coon's character is one of the world's useless mothers. Just one of the definitive useless mothers in this film. She doesn't seem to have any job. Um, She's kind of constantly passive-aggressively taking the piss against Phoebe. And she's raised um, a son, played by Finn Wolfhard here, who is just one of the most ineffectual fucking feckless idiots you'll ever meet. (laughs) Um, they inherit this farm, and um, Phoebe becomes friends with a kid called Podcast.
3: I, I just noticed that because I just looked at Paul Rudd's character and it said, "Phoebe and Podcast, middle school science teacher." The kid's called Podcast.
2: He calls himself Podcast. I was okay. listening. I was listening to the film Junk podcast earlier on today, where they said that doesn't make sense. The kid would be a YouTuber. That's a fair point. And that's because this film was written by men in their forties,
3: yeah.
2: Um, and it's like, yeah, fair enough, bang to rights. So I will stop and I'll say Logan Kim, who played podcast, I thought I thought he did a decent job. Like he was he was fine, he was fine. McKenna Grace, who plays Phoebe, does exactly what she's supposed to be doing in this film. She's playing fucking Egon, um, and she's fine. You know, this th- 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 those two are absolutely fine. Um. So, d- d- yeah, Paul Rudd plays a geologist turned Sunday school teacher uh, who takes a liking to Carrie Coon, um, basically because, according to this film, she's one of maybe three women in the entire town. Um, Which leads me to another tangent, I'm feeling like no one's business here so you know but this film feels like it costs 75 million dollars and it feels like one of the reasons why they shot it as cheaply as they did is the fact that there are fuck all extras (laughs) Um, this town looks deserted basically the entire film Um, and it's really really noticeable it's odd it is odd how barren this town is And you could probably say, well, it's supposed to be like a dusty old town where nothing ever happened. No, no, no. It's a town in America. There's more than, like, maybe 20 people in it. Um, so, Paul Rudd takes a liking to her for no reason whatsoever, other than she's basically, she is the only woman of an appropriate age in the town. Um... The film goes on, spooky shit starts happening, um, and at a point, uh, Paul Rudd is in a Walmart, he sees a bunch of mini Stay Puft Marshmallow men, um, and there's a big beastie, you see this big beastie coming out of a like um, s- statue earlier on, it's like, oh, they're doing that Rick Moranis thing again, where it chases him. And then he becomes the key master or the gatekeeper. Mm. Oh, I wonder who's going to be the other one. Oh, Carrie Coon. Right, yeah. Okay, so we're we're doing that again, are we? We're just going to do that again. Oh. Um, So, yeah, this is like Goza or Zool or whatever it was when the first one is back. Yeah, Goza. Goza. Yeah. That's it. Um... At one point, McKenna Grace has a phone conversation with Dan Aykroyd, where Dan Aykroyd gives one of the worst performances you may ever see. Um, it looks like it was shot in a day, but he's trying really, really fucking hard to have the
3: Ray energy from the from the original films. And, uh, yeah, because the thing is, Dan Aykroyd, and I love Dan Aykroyd, um, but Dan Aykroyd hasn't been able to do it for a long, long time now.
2: No. Now, the thing is, I'm going to put another positive in there. When Bill Murray rocks up for five minutes, mm. he feels like Venkman. Like, it, it feels like he's just slipped right back into that role. It's weird.
3: But he can still do it, though. That's the thing.
2: But it, it, it's like just that that energy... Like, with, with you know, lately, it's kind of that energy, but like a more chill version. Mm. Here, he's got that twinkle in his eye that he had in the first film. Like, fair play. I like Bill Murray in this film. I could have done with more of him. Like, when those three come back at the end, it is so brutally were they even on set with the other people. Um,
3: um, does it look like you can go I can basically see the lines where they weren't together yeah
2: yeah 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 um <sighs> um there is a kind of a love interest for vin wolfhard a uh a uh, a woman of color um who no joke. Becomes a Ghostbuster for about 30 seconds and then gets turned into a dog and sits out the rest of the action in the third act.
3: Oh.
2: That's it's like not there. <laughs> that, yeah, I mean they—they they, it, it's worse than the treatment they give Winston in the first one. Um... Their their relationship is already awful. Every single time Finn Wolfhard comes back on screen and McKenna Grace and podcast aren't there, it's like oh fuck, oh no. <laughs> um, and like he's not really a Ghostbuster; he just drives. Um, and the the, the thing is right. The this Easter egg hunt that Jason Reitman has invited us on, it's just it it's fucking lazy, and the plot is lazy. Like the the gate key, gatekeeper and the keymaster bit. There's a bit where Carrie Coon and Paul Rudd are like walking up to each other, and Carrie Coon's like like take rips her clothes off, and suddenly she's in the same costume that Sigourney Weaver had when she is like all. Ghosted up in the first one. And it's like, why? Why is that happening? Other than, oh, look, the costume. I mean, it is, I, you know, I, I saw someone tweet. It's two hours of the DiCaprio pointing at the screen meme. <laughs> and that's all it is. And in the third act, they do CG ghost Harold Ramis. It doesn't say anything. He just smiles at people. And it's so fucking what what are we doing here? Why is he just smiling at everyone? And Dan act like Ray in the phone call says Egon Spengler can rot in hell. Like that's how much he doesn't like Egon anymore. And they don't play that pay that off whatsoever. They just smile at each other at the end. Um it, I, I mean, the last shot of the film is Egon, his kind of spirit going up to the sky, and it's like, but none of the other ghosts do that. Doesn't he not want to hang around with his grandkids? He's like, "Fuck this, I'm off." I probably would be as well if I were him. Um, I mean, God, I wouldn't want Carrie Coon as a fucking daughter, the, like a character in this film. I'd be like, "No, I'm done. I'm I'm off to heaven," and it does that. And it says, for Harold, as the closing credits start. And I just, like, I wanted to just boo. I should have. But it's, there is nothing in this film that makes me think, oh yeah, this is a touching tribute to Harold Ramis. It's more, we've got the fucking rights to use his CG body and then we're going to put for Harold up there because we've been all about nostalgia and that's going to be the fucking thing that's really going to make all the nerds climax.
3: Apparently right.
2: Bob Gunton was the
3: body double for him in this. Who's that? Bob Gunton, the actor. I don't know who that is. Uh, he was, for instance, uh, what was he been in? Uh, I mean, loads. So the warden in Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Um, yeah, been a character actor. If you okay, look fair in, enough. Sorry, like that, but yeah, but that's just mad that Bob Gunton played the body double for fucking Harold Ramis. I
2: I mean, it's it's weird because it's like Olivia Wilde plays Gozer, um, like J.K. Simmons is in the film for about ten seconds. You know, you've you've got these people who are coming to play, and I'm just like, why? Other than Jason Reitman's their friend, you know, or and uh, and it's it just it was it was everything i thought it was going to be it was manipulative it was pandering it it feels like 2 hours of fucking nerds will this do like it feels like jason Reitman wants to beat up the film um <laughs> and Oh god, there are lingering shots of like the Proton Pack that it's like it feels like they've precision tooled it to be just enough time for someone to jerk off <laughs> um And it 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 I it was pathetic this film Um it's soulless That the only like the people are saying that there, there's joy in it yeah, fight. What? Because, like, a kid turns on a proton pack and there's a smile on their face. Oh, also, actually, one other thing before I stop. Um, Paul Rudd mm-hmm. is presented with this ghost trap in the trailer. He's like, oh, cool, a re- like a replica. And it's like, it, it's made obvious that it's a real thing. So, what is his next idea? I'm going to open it. He gets Phoebe and Podcast to help open it, which releases a fucking ghost. He's an idiot. Like why would you do that if you know this thing is real and you know what's in there? Um yeah. It it like honestly it did my nut and like really one of my biggest problems with it is the fact that you've got a mini fucking Egon despite the fact that she never knew her grandfather and her mum raised her in a house that didn't like fucking sight doing science. And a brother doesn't. A brother's a fucking idiot. It, I, yeah, I mean, it is one of the bad films, one of the worst films of the year. Jason Reitman is a fucking hack. Um, And I really, it's not going to, annoyingly, but I hope this drops like a fucking stone at the box office next week. The fact that it opened as well as it did, I get it, but don't fucking fall for it. Jordan. <laughs> Jason Reichman can suck my fucking dick. That's the new rating. I know um, uh, uh, Chris Burns was asking for... Uh, could that be a new rating? Yeah, well, he said... It can suck my fucking dick is a rating. No, this is a special rating. This is Jason Reitman can suck my fucking dick. That's fair enough. It can only be used in very extreme circumstances. Very, very
3: specific circumstances. Uh, Do you want to know our audience poll? Sure. Definitely not shit, 60%. Mm. Touching cloth, 20%. And Ian was right, 20%. That one
2: in five, you my
3: people. <laughs>
2: Honestly, I mean, you know, you'll watch it at some point, and the, I, I, like, I think we're
3: actually going to the cinema to see it next week because we, we we both are intrigued to see it. I'm not going to go as far as to say looking forward to it, but intrigued to see.
2: It, it, this is the thing. I mean, like some people do seem to like it, and like I I had a really long WhatsApp conversation with Jordan about it. Um, and I I will. I'm sorry, Jordan. I'm going to call you out here, but. I was talking about the like, how the fuck could like Carrie Coon actually be his daughter and whatnot and George was just saying like well it you know it could have happened off screen they just didn't mention it no no if Egon had a kid they would have mentioned it in one of the two ghostbusters films they fucking would have mentioned it they would have Yeah
3: Yeah they would have
2: it, she's a mini Egon it's so fucking frustrating because it's like why are you that
3: yeah you have no yeah 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 well I'm, 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 I'm I yeah we'll we'll see because I'll be watching it next week hopefully
2: uh, I you know I, I I I both hope and don't hope
3: that you get something <laughs> out of it like honestly yeah. it, it's that nightmare just like I hope you like it but actually I don't I hope you hate it too <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah. Um I mean, like, to be fair, Noel was, like, in the middle. He was, like, he was with it until the third act, and then he basically told the film to fuck off. And he, I, I could see a lot of people being like that. I mean, honestly, the Four Harold bit, it's just fuck off.
1: Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Put, putting four or five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're
5: going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking
1: terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah.
5: yeah.
1: Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart?
5: Yeah, The Dark Knight has got like all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, it's was like, kill them
1: then look no further, the His Film, Her Movie Podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Um, hey Hannah, you know I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that? Love?
4: Oh yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of Shield.
6: I think during you know global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely, nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't, yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time.
5: Harry Potter.
6: But really you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a franchise. Beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks. Cut out of course. To DVD box sets of Sex in the City and I don't know, Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> Quantum Leap. To giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek the Next Generation or Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree. There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So, with that in mind, join Hannah and Mike from Chinstroker vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for the rewatch project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be, or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts.
3: What have you been watching?
1: Um so I
3: watched um War of the Roses um, the Diane DeVito movie um, mm. starring Michael Douglas uh, Kathleen Turner and um, Diane DeVito um, mm. it's on uh, Disney Plus excuse me and I kind of I'd I hovered over it for quite a while I, I quite enjoy Diane DeVito's directorial movies I think he's got a he's got quite a a fun way of, of doing things in his directorial movies and this is it continues that that sort of same um That that same sort of vibe within it. In the sense that he does have... His films have always got like... um, They've always got like an artistic style to them. They're never just straight shot movies. Yeah. So in this, he plays a... um, A divorce lawyer. Who essentially is trying to get a client. And to do this... To get this client. Essentially, he's telling the story of... um, Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas's essentially romance, marriage, and divorce of how you know how much how they fell in love and how much they loved each other and then how much they fucking hated each other and it runs like that Um, and it's this it's but it keeps on sort of like flashing back to him telling the story Um, and it's got this weird kind of sweeping way as he'll start telling the story and you kind of. It, it, you never actually see the guy's face... that he's talking to... Um, it, it's all focused on... on Danny DeVito... who is playing like... The, the smarmiest lawyer you can... but every time he's sort of talking about it... he comes back to him... it's like the camera's following him round... and then he'll look up at the camera... and he almost looks like... almost dead at the camera... and then it'll pan... back out from him... into the next scene... which is another scene of... Uh, of Mike Dustin and Kathleen Turner... as everything's starting to go... more and more wrong... Um, throughout it. Um, it weirdly although we are all spoilers all the time I'm not giving too much away because uh, I think that, that people should go and see it because it's a it's a fucking great amount of fun uh, and it's made me decide that I am going to go back to re-watching some of DeVito's uh, directorial bits because I always do like I say I do really get on with them um, so things like um, From Over From The Train is a really fun movie um, and what else is the Death to Smoochie is brilliant and very underseen. Um, I remember having to mm. get Death to Smoochie, um imported from the US uh, on DVD because you couldn't buy it in the UK.
2: Sure, yeah, yeah, that sounds right.
3: Yeah, uh, and it just <laughs> never got what is it? And it's a, it, it was like a massive flop, um, even though it cost like fifty million dollars to make
2: fucking hell that's crazy.
3: Yeah, I think it's because it was at that. It, it was like the height of you know. Robin Williams was 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 a big you know was a huge star at the time, and Ed Norton was very much you know the up and coming you know new fucking hot shit guy. Um, yeah, so it like cost a fortune. Then never actually did anything really because I don't even think it got released anywhere outside of the US. Um, and then um, decided to watch My Cousin Vinny because I own it on iTunes. Because, of course, I own My Cousin Vinny on iTunes. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, My Cousin Vinny's a fucking great movie. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's a great time. It, it, it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those quintessentially um, 90s movies um, that was, you know, that it was made before digital cinematography. It was made before special effects kind of existed, and it was like this was. It was, this was the comedy movies you got um, that wasn't trying to be too political, um, wasn't even trying to be satirical. It was just fucking small town, and you had a lot of them uh, ranging from the late eighties through to the early nineties. So things like um, Doc Hollywood, the um, Michael J. Fox movie. Mm-hmm which is another really fun movie. Mm. Um, in Welcome to fucking Mooseport, the, um, Gene Hackman's last film, another one of those where you have big city, big shot, comes to small town and is fish out of water. Um, and in that you get Joe Pesci. And then the weirdness of having, like, this is Joe Pesci and his girlfriend, played by Marisa Tomei, who won, I'm fairly certain I'm saying she won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in this yeah, that's movie. that's right. Yep. Um, and the thing is normally like you'd look at it and you'd go you'd go really? you know Marisa Tomei is with Joe Pesci but it makes sense within the movie you can see them being a couple
2: yeah yeah absolutely
3: um, and it's the, the oddity of I think Joe Pesci is a fascinating actor that doesn't get spoken about anywhere near as much as he probably should, probably because he, he he's hardly made anything for getting on twenty odd years. Mm. Um, but the fact that you've got within like a like a five year period, he's done Goodfellas, this Home Alone, <laughs> and fucking um, Casino, and then a lot of other ones thrown in the mix there. He, It's almost like if you could take Goodfellas, Home Alone, and this, which were all made within like a two year period, I think you could do a convincing of people that they're not the same person. (laughs) That if you could say to somebody, no, 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 they're they're brothers, they'd be like, ah, fuck, they do look a little bit alike, but they're totally different. it's like, yeah, I know. They're fucking the same person. It's so fucking odd that he can go from goodfellas, outright comedy, to, uh, to uh, outright fucking villainous, to um, slapstick in Home Alone, to just pure comedic within this. is, is just fucking brilliant. Um, Ambrose Tomei is an absolute fucking delight in it. Uh, and you can see why she won the Academy Award. And I remember... For years there' had been like this real sort of sniffiness about it, and it was often posted out there um that you know it was the like almost like a, a bit of a joke that she won it for this um but go back and watch it because she's fucking brilliant and i'm glad that she's now become like a bit of a a bit of a treasure for, for everybody yeah uh, for this its it's but yet my cousin really is just it's such a well-pitched movie. You know, to the point of you've got um, Ralph Macchio not knowing that he's that, that he's confessing to the what is it and keep on going, wait, I shut the clerk? And they're going, yeah, and he's going, I shut the clerk? And they're going, yeah, and they going, whoa, wait, no! <laughs> it just kind of makes sense.
2: Nice. No, I I haven't seen that film for a long fucking time, but yeah, that's solid.
3: It's a fucking great time. It's one of those um, kind of lazy midweek watches where you can just go, I need something that is that all it's trying to do is entertain me. Because it's not trying to poke fun at small town America. And it's not trying to poke fun at city folk. It's just kind of throwing out the differences of the world, and there's there's particularly nobody. There's no real bad guys in it. Um, even the um, uh, Michael Whitford who plays like the, the the opposing lawyer, he's not he's not an arsehole. He's just a bit of a dick, but he's not like I'm, He's he's not trying to trick anybody or anything like that. It's just he's, that's just what he is. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a real good time. I suggest people go cruise. it. Funny enough, I actually think it is on Disney Plus as well. Uh, that's that, that's it. My, my, what have been watching, apart from the, the the ones that we we're going to talk about later. What, what have you been getting in your eyes?
2: What have I been getting in my eyes? Oh, all sorts of muck. Oh, get out my eyes, muck. Um, that was weird. Um, so <laughs> I have been watching um oh yes so uh, new Netflix original Christmas film Love Hard um so it's called Love Hard because it's got references to Love Actually and Die Hard in it like that's no. kind of that's, it's kind of what it is. So um, okay, so Nina Dobrev, uh, she of um, kumquat fame from Triple X, Return of Xander Cage, um, but also uh, Donna tells me the lead in the Vampire Diaries, yeah. um, uh, is a journalist who is unlucky in love, um, and she writes a blog about like her disastrous dating life. Um, she meets a guy online who appears to be like the guy of her dreams, um, and she decides to surprise him uh, around Christmas, uh, like to fly to his place. And it turns out that he catfished her. Oh. So um, basically, this guy who what it was this like hunky guy turns out to be uh, Jimmy O Yang. Yeah. Um, who is because, not the the hu- yeah? Who is he, he, not the hunky guy? <laughs> no, he, he, he's not. No. Um, so it sh- they basically then make a deal um, where the guy who she thought he was physically is lives in the in the same town, and he wants her to pretend to be his girlfriend through Christmas uh, to basically show his family and his kind of, like, rich, older brother who's more handsome than, than him and whatnot, that he's not a complete loser. Um, so sh- he's going to help her get the guy and she's going to help him pretend that she's his girlfriend. Um. And, yeah, I mean, it... it like, that plot is a bit... He literally catfished her. How the fuck are they going to make this be okay? In the end, they're going to get together.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, very, very high degree of difficulty. That. Yeah. Um, and it, it it's like with um like diving at the Olympics, where it's like you do a high degree of difficulty and do a kind of sort of okay job with it of of actually pulling it off it kind of you you score okay versus an easy plot done with the well, same degree of execution. Yeah, yeah or, or well even, yeah. Um, it does, an, even though it's kind of weird because it basically, how it turns out in the third act is that she is kind of surface, well, basically, she catfishes the handsome guy Because she's pretending to be something that she's not, like, in terms of personality, but not looks. Whereas Jimmy O'Yang matches her in personality, but doesn't look like that guy. So it's just like she's doing a catfish, but in a different way. So the moral of the story is basically they're both as bad as each other, so they
3: may as well hook up. So, so what the story's trying to say is, look, we are kind of catfish people. So yeah, it, it, it's it, it, it a little bit, yeah. Which I
2: don't know, like I thought it was very quietly subversive. Like I think you have to like think about it to really kind of. Like get at it, get at it like that. But I thought that was kind of interesting. Is, um, is,
3: is, it, is it worth? Is it worth my time knowing I, the fact that I can eat this kind of shit up? Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Knowing, knowing the kinds of things you like, Mark, I think you'd have an all right time with it, dude. Like it's Nina Dobrev's like a, a charming personality, and like. Jimmy Oryan gets a couple of moments, you know like it, it yeah, I mean if memory serves, I think it's getting on for two hours, so it is quite long, but it yeah i mean it, it you know absolutely okay for what it is, and I think maybe upon reflection more interesting than you expect it to be
3: i i I, I will be giving that a go of as one of my Christmas watches,
2: yeah, yeah uh, totally fair enough. Um, and the only other one apart from the other things that we're talking about uh, this week uh, I did a rewatch of Plane, Trains, uh, Planes, Trains and Automobiles which I didn't get round to uh, the last Thanksgiving period um, and I, I was just like I'm, I'm fucking doing it so I now own it on iTunes which I'm very happy about um, and that film is just great it, it's Steve Mar- Martin is just this techy arsehole but at the same time, John Candy is lovable. But you get why he'd be infuriating in, cer- in certain cir- circumstances. Um, like you understand why people like why people would like him. But if you were in close proximity for an extended period of time, it would be like fucking hell, mate. Get your shit together. And I I, I like that they they acknowledge that. Um, but you know they also acknowledge that Steve Martin's an arsehole, So it's kind of like it it, it balances out um obviously one of the great scenes of f-bombs of all time um (laughs) just the 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 way that he finishes his rant and then she's like can i see your rental agreement like i don't have it and she's like oh that's a shame you're fucked and it just cuts it's it, it great it's great um and just even like i I think the um kind of like the editing's interesting as well like the um when they're driving the wrong way down the road and when it's like the real steve martin's realization it's very kind of like quick cuts and there's this one shot of just steve martin against like complete pure black like facing the oncoming stuff which is great and then Obviously, it's like John Candy's dressed as the devil and whatnot. It, it, it's uh, it's great. It's it, it's great. But then that ending really, really hits as well.
3: Yeah, we were discussing this, weren't we, on, on, on by WhatsApp and saying, mm. you know, it, even um, it, it, even after watching this movie, like numerous, I must have seen this movie twenty plus times, and then even when I watch it now, it's. Still fucking, it still hits you. Like you're almost going, you're almost going. Oh god, no, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I'm it, gonna feel so bad. Do you know what it is?
2: It's that shot of John Candy sitting by himself, look, uh, just looking in the, um, like the 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 train station. Yeah, and 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 Steve Martin just being like, Dell, what are you doing here? You know, and just that how alone he fucking looks in that shot. I I mean like the 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 composite the shot compositions on point but candy as well you know it it oh, it's great it's great and also I will say the like the gay panic moment in the film um I think is nicely undercut by how they they just then start talking about did you see the game last night or last week or whatever and like 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 machoing it up and it almost shows it as like look how fucking stupid these guys are yeah Yeah, like, so I, I, I,
3: I, I I think there's, there's, there's no, they managed to get it with their being, there's no homophobia in it. There's just, that was awkward.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not Ace Ventura. No. You
3: know,
2: it, like, it's not quite there. And I get that. There, there, there is a part of the joke of oh look at these guys like waking up holding each other and whatnot. But I, I, I don't. F- it doesn't feel as cancelable as a lot of stuff from the era.
3: It is one of those things where if somebody if they tried to cancel it for that, it would be like oh
2: fuck oh, off, yeah, 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 yeah it, it, yeah. it would
3: be a pick your battles and pick them fucking better.
2: Yeah, it, it, exactly. Cause, I mean, and that is like the only moment of that. The, 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 the rest of it, 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 you know, there's some snarky stuff and whatnot, but none of it is even going into those kinds of levels. So, yeah, it, it, uh, great, great, uh, just terrific fucking film.
3: Yeah, it is. And the, 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 the one thing that always strikes me as a real oddity uh, within this film that always makes me go, God, this is so fucking weird, is the fact that the, the use of credit cards... It been like this really weird
4: thing,
3: <laughs> <laughs> and it's like like the fact that that most people didn't have like the debit cards didn't exist. No, <laughs> you know it, it's it. That's almost like now trying to explain to somebody, you know what what you used to do before, like Google Maps,
5: not being able to use the phone if you were using the internet. Yeah, but yeah, it's bonkers. Like you watch it and go. Just check your online bank.
3: Oh. <laughs> Not these things the internet didn't exist. Yeah, it's
5: crazy. And just Hi
3: everyone.
2: What, <laughs> hey Bex. Um I just want to play one of just the great all time line readings as well. Yep. Yeah. Oh fuck, hang on. Let me start that again, sorry. Uh, let me start it again. Let me start it again. Let me start it again. Are you trying and it's the the thing is obviously it's it's a podcast but the look on his face when he's fucking saying that as well it is incredible honestly Um,
3: John Candy was like one of my early movie fucking heroes mm -mm. Um, like like an obsession of, of like wanting to watch everything that he was in and I, 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 you know, I was just getting into like like movies, and I'd started watching it, and I'd watched like quite a lot. You know, I'd pretty much cleared out all of John Candy's sort of early movies that I could get hold of, but because again, this was back before streaming and bits like that, and in the early days of of, of video, so I'd watched so much, and I was like, "This is fucking great. This guy's a fucking genius." And then he died.
2: I my mum. I remember my mum literally sitting me down to break the news to me that he died. Like yeah. it, it was, and and I mean, like my mum was never like never. It, she's not into films in the slightest, and she takes fucking zero interest. Um, but she knew how big he was to me, and I, I like I'll always, I'll always remember that, you know. And it, it yeah, I mean, it was fucking. And she, God, even though she gave. She basically made me do like a guessing game as to who it was who died, and I came out with a few at first. I think Steve Martin and Chevy Chase were like the first ones I said, and then she and, and, and I was like John Candy, and she was like, "Yeah." It was it, it, that was a bit fucked up that she did, did that. Thinking about it,
3: I'm not
2: to lie, a little um, bit, yeah. A little. Yeah, but I don't know. That's my mum. Yeah, playing Trades, and automobiles—fantastic. Uh, I might, yeah, a candy fun. Feels like a very worthwhile use of time in the in these cold dark months. I might I might do that.
3: It is because there's 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 some fucking like there's some great stuff like the great outdoors. Uh, Harry Crumb. You know you can even things put things like Home Alone within it and bits like that. But then like Cool Runnings is is fucking great. But then also as well he's fantastic in JFK.
2: God, I haven't seen JFK in the longest time. I, I, yeah, I, I, it's
3: because it's so fucking long.
2: <laughs> hmm. Oh man. Uh, but yeah, no, that's 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 me.
3: Yeah. Uh, Bex, What have you been watching? Um, the only
5: film I watched on my own um, is Satanic Panic. But I didn't watch it on my own. I watched it with Isabel. Um, and I remember kind of wanting to watch it when it came out and people being a bit neggy about it. Um, but we were we were looking for something funny and horror-y to watch, and it popped up in the in the algorithm. So we thought we'd give it a go. It's actually really quite good. It's quite fun. It means oh, good in the sense of good. And let's all remember that I am very forgiving of horror movies if they're a bit shit. They, they get a bit of a pass because they're horror movies. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's quite good fun. Uh, uh, Roman is good in it. I'm
2: ever so sorry, Bex. It sounds like Mark is rattling chains.
3: Uh, It's the
2: cat playing with one of his cat toys. Like it, it just, just FYI, super loud. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, Bates. Carry on.
5: Um, No, so it's it's basically about a pizza delivery girl, and she hasn't made much in tips. And then there's an order come through for a rich neighbourhood. It's after hours, but she takes it because she thinks she might get a tip. Um, Mm. and then she turns up doesn't get a tip gets pissed off about it breaks into the house to go and sort of remind them that you know it's it's fairly good form to tip I mean I think in America delivery drivers get paid shit all don't they and they just survive on their tips yeah I think I think she mentions in it she's paid like two dollars something um so she's yeah so she and she's run out of petrol as well in a moped because she hasn't had any tips um she breaks in and stumbles in on like a big old meeting of Satanists and then happens to tell her on she's a virgin and then she becomes prime feeding. So. Like, for a start off
3: there, that's weird that they... Use, I mean, I'm guessing it makes fun of this, that they're Satanists and pizza? Do
5: you know what? No, not really.
3: Because that's an oddity there. How does it come up in conversation that she's a virgin?
5: Well, no, because they've they've lost. There the was ones are in. They've lost the virgin that they were going to use for their ritual, and then she's like all awkward and like kind of nerdy and shit. So one of them goes, "I suppose you're a virgin, dear." Are you? And rather than going, "No," she goes, "Well, that's a very personal question to ask." And so obviously they assume from that that she's a virgin. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, r- really good fun. Um, and then it's about her trying to escape from the neighbourhood, basically.
3: Fair enough. What was on? And,
5: and there's bunnies. Netflix, I think.
2: Cool. Very nice. Uh,
5: yeah, good times. And then that's the only one that I've watched on my own, because then me and Isabel started a Buffy rewatch. Fair enough. Well, actually, no, that's a lie. I watched Tick, Tick, Boom twice on my own, but I'm guessing we've not talked about that yet.
3: No, we've not talked about that yet.
0: This is the life of boba bobo. Bo. This is the life of boba bobo. Bo. This is the life of boba bobo bohemia. Shower's in the kitchen, there might be some soap. Dishes in the sink, brush your teeth the poop and coat. Toilet's in the closet, you better hope there's a light bulb in there. Not today! Revolving door roommates, prick up your ears! 14 people in just 4 years and, and Max and Jonathan and Carolyn and Carrie Ooh. David Tim, Tim was just a guest mm-hmm. I, Tim, Tim, I remember Tim. Tim, Mary, Margaret, Lisa, David Susan, Stephen, Joe and Sam Ooh. and Elsa, the bill collector's oh. dream still is on the land. don't forget the neighbors Michelle and Gates yeah. the the family, family. Hey. the time is flying and everything is dying, I thought by now I'd have a dog, a and wife ah, the no. ship is sort of sinking so let's start drinking, <laughs> before we start thinking, this is the life. Yes! This is the life. Ba-bam-ba-bam-bo. This is the life. Ba-bam-ba-bam-bo. This is the life. Ba-bam-ba-bam-bo. Bohemia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bohemia. One more
3: time. Bohemia. Ba-bo-ba-bo-bo.
2: Well, let's talk about Tick Tick Boom. It's directed by Lynn manuel Miranda, and it stars Andrew Garfield, Alexandra Shipp, Vanessa Hudgens, and others. Uh, so, this is the story of Jonathan Larson, um, playwright who um, wrote Rent and basically died just as it was coming out. Um, and it's, okay, so it's a, kind of like a telling of a period in in his life where he was a a struggling writer, which he turned into a play called Tick Tick Boom. (laughs)
4: I'm
2: sorry. Um, I take it, the cat's been removed. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> the cat's um, still here. The
5: cat's toy has been removed.
3: The, 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 the offending toy removed.
2: Like literally, was it just like a set of chains?
3: <laughs> no, it's like a, it's like a plastic um, like ring that has a ball in it that you can hit until the ball goes round. Yes. But we have wood floors, so he loves it very much. To be fair, he's, like, he's fucking barely played with it for weeks. <laughs>
2: Sorry. It's just funny. It, it Oh, God. Um, so, yeah. Um, and uh, Jonathan Larson um, made a uh, kind of like a stage play called Tick, Tick, Boom. So it, it's kind of like an adaptation of that while also kind of like just telling the story of his life. It, 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 an interesting kind of mix of memoir and tribute, I suppose, would be a way of putting it. Um, so, Bex, uh, you watched it twice. Yes. Um did you get anything more out of it second time round, or was it just kind of like firming up your feelings on it?
5: Yeah, I think because I watched it the first time and was really like, "Fucking wow, that was something special." And then I thought, "Well, hang on a second, maybe I was just, maybe I was just in the mood for something like that," and I'm being a bit generous, and well, yeah, a bit that, and then a bit. I I I really because I'd enjoyed it so much, wanted to re watch it. But I thought, well I've already watched it. So I'll kinda of have it on in the background while I'm potting around doing some bits of housework and then but I won't really need to pay attention to it because I only watched it last night. Um but then ended up sitting down and watching it. And then if I if I was doing bits of cleaning in the same room as it I'd have it on, but then if I left the room I'd pause it. So clearly I was like in the bag for it again. <laughs> um I think just because I I didn't know anything about um Jonathan Larson and the the whole story of him before I started watching it um and then did a little bit of kind of reading around the subject afterwards and then re-watching it sort of knowing a bit more about the circumstances and things I think maybe yeah maybe it kind of Made a bit more sense, I suppose. If that makes sense. Mm. And now I just really want Superbia to be produced and I wanna watch that. Because that the songs from that, the Superbia songs are really good.
2: They were, but they, they weren't anything like the banger that was thirty ninety. Um Yeah, I Hmm, that's interesting. That's interesting. Right. So Mark. I watched
5: it the second time round with subtitles on for the songs as well. Cause I think sometimes with songs in musicals, it's hard to make out what's being said. If it's, it's quite snappy, the songs in this, isn't it? So it's quite, quite quick. Um, watching it with the subtitles on as well. It was kind of, cause the, the songs are part of the story. Mm. So I think it, yeah, for sure. I understood it better from understanding the lyrics.
2: That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mark, so Andrew Garfield, um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll just ask. There's there's kind of like speculation that he's probably going to get in for Best Actor at the Oscars. Do you think that's merited?
3: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's fantastic yeah. in it. Um, I the fact that you've got him, um, you know, it, it's, it's it's often sort of like levelled at things, saying that. Um, <laughs> there should be almost a, a separate category um, for actors who are playing who are doing biopics but I think this isn't a this isn't a biopic of Freddie Mercury it's not a biopic of somebody that we know the mannerisms of we know anything like that yeah. and it, it's very much a it's, it's not a straight up it's not even like towards the fucking Elton John biopic where it's a version of him or anything like that um, but you know, he's doing all of the I, I it is him doing all of the thing, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um and it's he's managing to play off these like playing one person but playing kind of two versions of the same person. So he's playing the you know, the, the 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 person who is doing tick tick boom the, the, the player. Mm. um and also the 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 actual the guy. I know that the play's autobiographical, but this—you've still got to do both bits of that. But whilst also playing the guy as a musical, yeah, it, it, it's such a—it's—it's it's a lot of plates to spin, uh, and he manages to get it. But also, I mean, it, vocally, it, it's brilliant. He's fantastic, really good yeah. at it. Um, but then. Even and um, all spoilers all the time, the emotional bits. Mm. Garfield, I, I genuinely have thought of it for years. Garfield I think is a fantastic actor. Um and the emotional bit of him realising, for instance, um, that um that Michael's been trying to tell him for ages. Yeah. That he's that he's HIV positive, and you know, you know as the audience that he's tried to tell him this a few times. Yeah. Uh, and then realizing he's it's like why did you tell me? Then realizing it's because he's so obsessed with his own shit that he doesn't see anybody else's.
5: Yeah, and I think even within the flashback scenes, you've got you've got that character growth. You know, mm. you've not just got the growth from the flashbacks to the current time when he's performing tick tick boom. You've got the character arc of him coming out the other side of doing this workshop and going. I've been a shit friend and yeah. a shit boyfriend like when she comes back to see him for his birthday and she's like I, I wanted to be there and it's just like I know and, it th- and it's like he knows that she should have taken the job and she, he knows that she should, he should have encouraged her and he knows he's being shit and probably deserves the, the fact that he doesn't have her anymore Yeah, and it, 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 mm. I think
3: he it, it, it does that that fine balance of of playing it as he's not an arsehole the guy isn't an arsehole He's just got something that has made him act like an arsehole.
5: Tunnel vision, isn't it? Yeah. He's mm-hmm.
3: become he's become so wrapped up in this thing that he can't see the wood for the trees.
5: But I think there's a palpable difference between the Tick-Tick Boom, mm. that just his mannerisms and everything are... He's, he's, he's written Tick-Tick Boom to kind of exercise the spirit mm. of... Superbia and the rejection that he felt because of that, and it's obviously a way off. So he looks more, he looks calmer, and he looks a bit more like together in that iteration of him than he obviously is in the flashback iterations. Yeah,
3: yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I will agree with Ian that um, that um, thirty ninety is an absolute fucking banger.
2: That's the thing. Like, I, I, I came to this, and I didn't really know what to expect of it. You know, like, I've, I've never seen Rent. Um, no, knew nothing of Jonathan Larson. Um, and it, you know, it was just. It, it, it felt like it was a biopic, but not doing your normal kind of like biopicy kind of stuff. You know, like the whole him writing Rent. I was I was really expecting it to be like oh he, he he finds out his friend is HIV positive and then there's that talk of like people dying all around them and then he was going to start writing it in this but he doesn't you know it, it it is like it's kind of a footnote at the end that like he went on to write Rent and it's like you don't need to see him writing Rent because you know he fucking wrote Rent and you're just seeing all this stuff in his life informing it and I thought that that, that was just really clever. And the, the way of, like, telling the story of this guy's life through his own words, where he's, he, he's made this production about what it is to, like, turn 30 and not know what to do with your life, not knowing that he was only going to live for a few more years. You know, it, it, it it's a very unique, like, kind of situation to base a film on. Um, and, like, I... I lin Manuel Miranda I thought did a fucking fantastic job with this yeah. um it's stagey when it needs to be stagey but oh, like but it, it's not shoving it down your throat like the the Sunday number is yeah. like a, a, a big one and the um uh, no something uh the the one where it's like him and his mate in the the new place and like talking about how they're not going to yeah. have to like do their laundry at like three in the morning, and
5: Is that th- those ones.
2: Yeah, 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 and it's like they're st- they are staged like big, like musical numbers, no more. and the the rest of it not so much. I mean, at the Alexandra ship, Vanessa Hudgens kind of chewed wet. Um, it, it like has that kind of like that 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 element to it of like the the girls doing their solos, but the, 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 I don't know. It, it didn't feel like this is a big production, you know. It, it felt like it was in his head, and you know, it, just, it worked really well.
5: The thing is, come come to your senses. I think they they've done that really cleverly because that that gets to be a bit fantastical with the Alexandra ship side of the performance because. He's imagining her singing it while yeah, baby, baby V is singing it. So it can be fantastical because it's in his imagination, but it, it lets them put a little bit of spectacle in there, doesn't it? Yeah, but
4: yeah.
3: Uh, as well, going back to the you know around there, it's not it it's it's very much not in the heights. So it's overtly colourful. It it it's wanting to show you a a version of you know of New York in the early 90s.
5: And how it was for poor, starving artists in that New York. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And so it's a lot of autumnal colours. Mm. It's a lot of, what is it? And it never tries to go too flashy.
4: Mm.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, if if they did some wintry stuff in New York with this, that really would have been the finger up the arse for me. <laughs> yeah, um, sure.
3: it's, yeah, Yeah. It, it teeters around it, but it, yeah. It, it,
5: I don't it, understand that. It's what F- finger up the ass? That a bad thing or no, good thing? Oh yes, yeah. is it?
3: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um uh, the uh,
5: what are you doing? Your label was sticking out. I'm not putting my finger up your ass.
2: I thought she was googling something. <laughs> yeah. Don't <laughs> <can't> google
3: that. <laughs> no, it
5: won't.
3: It will. It will. It, it will get you some spam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it's it's very much a film. It, it, it's, interesting yeah, that, um, it's interesting that it's interesting. Miranda has purposefully written his first film that he did. That he then didn't direct when he could quite easily have directed in the Heights. Yeah, uh, and then directed a film that he hasn't written as his first film. And it, and, and he's he's commented and said that that was a very purposeful thing mm. that he did.
2: Yeah, I, it, I'll be—I'll be honest. Like, in the Heights is a one ninety nine rental on iTunes at the moment. I think I'm gonna give it another go because um, it's like I like everything that I see that Lin Manuel Miranda does. I am fucking pumped for Encanto. Like, uh, Donna Lots and I are gonna go see that on Sunday afternoon, and I am really excited. I mean, he—he he wrote the songs for that. Um, so not necessarily the, like m- like the the major creative force, but it's going to have his his fingerprints on it. And it, this, I, I came to it with a little bit of trepidation. It's like I, I kind of do with just kind of like musical theatre kind of stuff. Um, but it just felt grounded, but with those moments of of, of being fantastical, and it it it, it just felt. Tonally, really spot on for the whole thing, and that I mean, like, fair play. I mean, the whole being in your early thirties and kind of trying to decide what to do with your with your life thing is is pretty universal, you know. And it, it's it, you feel it, you know, like where other people around you are like being more successful or whatever, or kind of like living the lives, and that just the whole thing where he's like he's in that that room where they're doing the like the marketing focus group and he's like i could do this i could i could live comfortably and you know i i could do this and then and then the bottom falls out of it that that was great like that yin and yang kind of thing that he has going in him for that portion of the film i thought was fantastic and uh, to be the clear to answer the question I asked you earlier uh, 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 you, uh, on, Mark, is like, Andrew Garfield. I really hope he gets nominated for an Oscar for this because it's a performance which I think took took some fucking schutzpah from him, you know? And it's like, you don't see that guy singing and kind of like dancing all that often. And it kind of looked like he'd just been doing it all his life. I thought he embodied this guy Really, really fucking well. It's it's like with Christian Stewart, or Diana, where it's like she does kind of feel like she melts into that role. You don't see much Christian Stewart to that, and but Andrew Garfield like no like makeup to turn him into something else physically at all. I didn't see Andrew Garfield in that. I just saw Jonathan Larson. You know, it, 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 yeah, it's a great film. I think I gave it four out of five on that let, uh, on Letterboxd. I think I might bump it up. I.
3: I, I, I it, I'd be surprised apart. if it's not in my top 10 yeah um, just because it it's an unbelievably engaging movie as well mm, and I think mm. that's, that's carried by the fact that, that you, you, you're watching Garfield's character and you're going look you're you you you're you, you coming across as a really nice guy but you're being a bit of a dick stop it yeah but you do you get the feeling that he would be great to be friends with
5: <laughs> yeah
3: um,
2: oh God! If he started going this, this is the life. Of bo, 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 around you, you'd be like, "Yeah, fucking do it,
3: mate. Let's go." <laughs> yeah. Um, again, that's a great number. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Such a it, it's there. Uh, the the patter of the songs is fantastic. It, it's just a yeah, really, yeah. it's a really, really good movie. I mean, the thing is, I think he's. Uh, I mean, Garfield's such an interesting actor um in the sense that he he always seemed like these were going to be the sort of movies that he was going to go on and do um but he had that little brief sort of sojourn in the middle of his career so far to be part, to be Spider-Man
2: <laughs> it's so fucking weird that Andrew Garfield was Spider-Man like i i i hope he's in no way home and it's just a bit of a victory farewell for him for that, just to get a bit of closure
3: but it, you, you know you look at it, since he came out of Spider-Man uh, Hacksaw Ridge Silence, Breathe Under the Silver Lake Mainstream, which I've not seen but apparently is is, is good uh, and then he's, uh, this is the eyes of Tammy Faye
2: oh shit, yeah we still got the eyes of Tammy Faye to come haven't we, oh yeah. man
3: yep yeah.
2: Good career. Good fucking career.
3: Yeah, because he's, he's fantastic in um, Silence as well. Didn't he get, did he get fun in that one? The best uh, I,
2: I think. think Silence got kind of fucking shut out. People didn't really know what to make of that thing. And it was it just
3: late in the Oscar season. And it was three hours long.
2: Like three hours long, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. A, a three hour long fucking religious, not even just Catholic guilt, just religious guilt.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Good movie. It's
3: a fucking great uh, no, I just got nominated for uh, cinematography. That was all. Wow.
2: It doesn't, it doesn't surprise. Like that, 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 that was Scorsese doing a passion project and going, "Give me all the money." And then the next film he tries to do, they're like, "No, no, we're not giving you all that money for the Irishman." No. <laughs>
3: yeah, and, and, and then uh, Netflix went. Ah, fuck it, we will. <laughs> and an apple, uh, yeah, all right,
2: and we will as well. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, fucking hell! Yeah, uh, tick tick boom. Uh, definitely, definitely
2: not shit. Yeah, very highly, definitely not shit. Noel, as I called out Jordan earlier on, I'm just going to say Noel. I know you said this is uh, you don't think this is going to be your kind of thing. Just give it a go. If you if you're not into it in the first ten minutes, absolutely. Switch it off, but first ten minutes. Go on.
5: I I really didn't think this was going to be my kind of thing. I don't like Lin Manuel Miranda. I'm very picky with my musicals, and I didn't know anything about Jonathan Larson, and it's troubling film of the year for me. So,
6: fucking well,
3: a, that's great. Was thirty three percent definitely not shit. Thirty okay. three percent touching cloth and thirty three percent shit. Well, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little bit
2: surprised by that. So am I. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's talk patron's choice. Beck's one. Mm. Oh, we need we need to nominate new ones as well. Guys, we, so we just get ready.
3: We do. We'll we'll do that after Day Live, so I can think of one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um so They Live, directed by John Carpenter, starring Roddy Piper, Keith David, and Meg Foster. So, this is the story of Nada, played by uh, Roddy Piper, who is uh, kind of like a drifter, who uh, rocks up in a city, starts working, kind of sort of befriends Keith David's character, Um, but uh, through a... series of events, he discovers that uh, a lot of the people around are not people, they're actually aliens who are trying to get you to obey and consume and marry and reproduce and not think um, and he seeks to destroy the conspiracy with nothing but bubble gum and kicking ass. <laughs>
4: um,
2: so yeah, Bex we'll, we'll, we'll start with you. Um, I'm assuming They Live as a Multiple, multiple, multiple watch for you guys. Um,
5: yeah, we watch it on the regular How
2: does it? So how, how does it stack up on like fiftieth watch?
5: <laughs> it's just, it's just great, and I think it's, it's, it, it feels really quite timeless because whatever kind of like you can, you can kind of watch it if, if things are nice, you know, and things are nice in the country and everyone's just good you can kind of go oh yeah it's like some kind of dystopian shit but you know but still enjoy it and like you know like 1984 is is kind of timeless and it's enjoyable whatever's going on but it feels more relevant at certain times and i think this particular time i think is is one of them we are all just cattle or it feels like that and that's basically what this film is about and the fact that he just kind of really stumbles onto this huge discovery is um, you know it, it, it's quite a casual film he's not, he's not um, like a motivated man he's not gone looking for this information it just kind of falls in his lap um, the scene with him and um, his friend as well where he's trying to convince him to put the glasses on and they're just fighting is, is hilarious It <laughs> gets me every time
3: yeah.
5: Um but yeah it's 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 fucking great and it doesn't lose anything on rewatch ever.
2: No, I'll, yeah, I totally see that. Um Mark, um so Roddy Piper is a fascinating specimen. Mm. What, why do you think he never he he never turned up in Carpenter again? Even though I suppose this is almost getting to kind of like the end of his gold run, really, or is actually that Memoirs is the the film after? So I suppose it is the end. Um, could you have seen him fitting into any any of Carpenter's films going forward after this?
3: Yeah, I think he could have um, easily uh, fit into sort of more They like, become a bit of a. I mean, carpenter has his. You know, has his regulars that, that he works with, um, and you could have seen it. But I think Carpenter I like you say, it, he very much kind of, um, um he, he, I think he, he lost that the mojo that he had for this. It, 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 weirdly, I I I actually really quite like uh, memoirs of Invisible Man. Um, I, I think it's a really good version of that story, um, and that the poor swans, you know, the, the ones, you know they, they, they were good but it's just i think that maybe um with with they live there was a, a, a big there was a big gap between this and um of invisible man and i think that it was just maybe by that point Ronnie paper had just kind of the, the fizzle had gone out of it a little bit hmm. um that was not there because he's People like that, uh, uh, you know, and physical kind of like specimens like that. uh, And he's not. He's not a bad actor, but he's not a great actor. He's not got the outright charisma Mm. of somebody like Kurt Russell, for instance. Very few actors do have the charisma of an informed Kurt Russell. Uh, Very few actors have the charisma of an out of form Kurt Russell. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's. He's very much perfect for this role, and like you said, Bex He he does kind of stumble upon it, and then he doesn't kind of rush towards any of it. He kind of just goes like goes along with it in this really casual manner. Yeah, yeah. It's of, more
5: like he's more kind of keen to get other people to see it than to really do anything about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it's just a little bit. Probably in the hope that somebody else will do something about it. The, the closest I can
3: think of for coming towards it is um, Wiley's Wonderland. You know, the, the Nick Cage movie from a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. Where he just kind of like happens to be good at fighting all of these things.
5: Yeah. But then he yeah. watch beeps to say that it's his break.
3: He just fucks off to it's go really on his break. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of got that vibe to it. Um, yeah, yeah. I get that. In terms of for this,
5: oh, I really want to
3: rewatch that. Actually, it's—I—I—I'll I, admit I don't. It's not high tier carpenter for me.
5: No,
3: I enjoy watching it, but it's not. It wouldn't get in like top five carpenter for me.
4: Right.
2: Do you know, I—I—I I, I think I agree with that. I—I I think on this watch, I think it's the. Pacing of it,
3: mm. um, it's it, it's oddly lazy.
4: See, that's what I like about
3: but, uh, it. But, 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 I, but I, and that, that's absolutely. It's not like it drags me for that. It no. doesn't. It, it, it's a Carpenter movie, but, so it, it, they never drag. Mm. But, but it, it, it's it, it a feels like oddly paced.
2: It feels like the last fifteen minutes should be the last half hour. Like mm. um, they, and I, I, I would assume it's some sort of budgetary constraint. But from the moment where Piper and David go down that like hole and go to like that place where that like that dinner's happening and then it turns out it's like where where the T V studio is, there's about twenty minutes left. And you've got about five minutes of credits at the end. So you've got a lot in that fifteen minutes and the rest of it has been quite like like you say lazy you know and it's like i think it would have if it just had that that build up to the third if the third act like i say was half an hour long instead of 15 minutes i i i think it would have flowed better it just and the the ending i mean it's it's again it's one of carpenters like dark endings um But it it just seems to come almost come out of nowhere. Um, Yeah, it's just an odd film. Like the the time before he actually puts on the glasses feels like it's half the film, but it's not. I think it's only about half an hour. Mm. Um, And then, like I say, the third act feels like it's sped up. It, It is just a bit all over the place in that regard, but. It's still, but like the the iconic shit that this film has got in it cannot be understated.
1: It it, it feels
3: odd that it feels like it's got it like it's got loads of iconic shit in it, but that people that not enough people have seen it. Mm. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah, sure. Like there'll be so many like, it, like it, so many bits of the you know I've only come here to two, do two things. Um, you know, the, the, of those
5: bits and the glasses and the obey things and bits like that. Just the imagery as well. I yeah, think and,
3: of the aliens. And the, the imagery and everything like that is, like you say, it is very iconic within cinema mm.
1: but yet so many people just haven't seen it. Hmm.
5: Yeah. I
3: mean, or I might be talking complete bullets there but it does feel like it's underwatched, yeah. Big Trouble and Halloween and the fog and the thing um, Um, you know, the Escape from New York, they're they're the ones that have been seen more.
5: Yeah, yeah.
3: Possibly because I watch Big Trouble and Escape from New York a lot more myself.
2: (laughs) No, They they, they Live does... It does... I think They Live and Prince of Darkness are, like, two that just do seem to go under talks about. And Prince of Darkness is... Like, just one of the the bleakest fucking films.
3: Yeah, both, like that, both the same year as well, weren't they?
2: Yeah, yeah. And just so full of dread. You know, just really depressing bit of work. And They, they Live isn't that, because it's kind of wild. um, But it, you know, it's not Snake pliskin. Mm. You know, it's not The Thing. It's not Halloween. But any of like pretty much any other genre director would fucking kill to have made Day Live. Mm. I, it, it just it, it's a testament to Carpenter. You know, like this is like a solid four out of five for me. And like you say, Mark, like comfortably, Halloween, Escape from New York, The Thing, Prince of Darkness, Starman would at, at least a big trouble in little China would would be above this.
3: Mm. Well, we've actually got a question later on.
2: Oh this. yes we do. Yeah yeah good point.
3: So um yeah I mean it, it, it's I mean it's definitely not shit ben, it, it, it is fantastic. Um so yeah there's it, it's I think what, our, what was our audience Paul I'm sure I put this Because we can segue next to that question I think from here. <laughs> Uh, wow our audience pop definitely not shit 100% nice oh
2: yeah <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> yeah, quite right and it is right because it is definitely not shit mm. and it is fantastic uh, right
1: picks then oh shit um
5: oh, it's an eerie silence Control.
3: The which one? The, the Joy Division one? Yeah. Wow. That's a fucking left field choice, Becky. I've
5: been wanting to watch it for ages and I don't know enough about Joy Division so I'd like to watch it.
3: Fair enough.
2: Um, <laughs> i thought of one because I've been meaning to watch it. I don't think it's going to win at all
3: what
2: <laughs> Amistad
3: wow wow The Steven Spielberg slave movie yep fucking hell <laughs> that's a that's a fucking shot from the bowels <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go for Oh, I had one and I completely forgot what film it was. That's not good.
4: No, that's not very good at all.
3: I forgot what film it was. was (laughs) Let me just quickly find it. (laughs) (laughs) God. Oh, uh, the the Tony Scott film. Not Tony to the comedy Scott film, Kingdom of Heaven. That is why. The what? Is it Kingdom of Heaven?
2: Kingdom of Heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What the director's cut?
1: The
3: cost fucking director's cut. Yeah.
2: Cool. Okay. Yeah.
3: That that fucker. That prick.
5: That's three movies I've not seen for our picks this week. Okay. Nice. <laughs> That's quite exciting.
3: Yeah.
2: All right. Nice. I'll, I also just remember the
3: other film that I'll choose, but I'll just choose that next time. It won't get picked. Okay. No. Aww. <laughs> Don't forget it, by <laughs>
6: Question. Right.
2: On. So. Oh, yes, questions. Sorry, yes, indeed.
3: So, yeah, one of our questions that we had was uh, from uh, Rick, Kidd, Rick J. Kidd. Uh, it said, given you're reviewing uh, They Live, what are your top three carpet films?
5: Awesome.
2: Uh, the Thing, Escape from New York, Prince of Darkness.
5: Two of three for me. Because they're, they're just a lot.
2: Fuck out. Halloween.
3: Oh, yeah, you've got Halloween there.
2: No, do you know what? I said that like Halloween would be four.
3: Yeah.
2: What's yours? Sorry, Berks.
5: Um, The two that are locked in are They Live and Big Trouble in Little China. It's number three that I can't decide on because there's, there's a few that are probably about equal, which would be The Fog, Escape from New York, The Thing. And well, it's got
2: to be Ghosts of Mars, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
4: from New York, or
5: the thing. Mm, 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 mm. Do you know what? Just for the fun value of it, I'm gonna go with Escape from New York.
3: Yeah, my top three are Escape from New York, number one; Big Little China, number two; and the Thing, number three.
5: That's fair.
2: Very cool.
3: Yeah, I, I would say Big Little China is probably up there as one of the films I've seen the most in my life as well.
2: Yeah, it feels very
3: Mark.
5: It's, it's fucking great. Is this go- uh, it's big trouble.
3: Yeah, it is. It's an absolute delight.
5: It's fucking bonkers as well.
3: Yeah. Uh, and also, we have uh, Black uh, Do you have any favourite memories of going to the cinema as a kid or teenager? I'll remember our screen of Bogus Journey being stopped until some kid unchained his bike that was locked to the cinema's railings. I still don't know why it was so important for it to be moved. <laughs>
2: Um, I'll, I'll say one of my first notable boners was uh, what, Uma Thurman in Batman and Robin.
5: As Poison Ivy. Yeah,
2: yeah, I don't know. She she was she was doing it for me. Wow,
4: fair enough. Hiya,
2: Don. Hi.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the
3: Love time. you. Uh, we've got a joint one for this, that you might, the, if, you, if you've got one, because we've got a joint one, we can do one individually, if we have a joint one, that I think is quite a good one. Go on. Well, no, will do an individual one first.
5: Um, no, I was going to say, um seeing Jurassic Park, at the cinema, was what made me really fall in love, with going to the cinema. Just Hell the spectacle yeah. of it, and the fact that it was a packed screening, I've never been to a cinema screening, I don't think that's been as packed, I think it, it was like fully sold out. Um at Warner Brothers, as it was. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, just the atmosphere and everything. I've never never been to a cinema screening that's felt as electric as that did.
2: The queue outside the Westway Cinema in Froome Somerset for Jurassic Park. <laughs> like, I, I remember that, like, how far up the... Like, yeah, that was something else. Because, I mean, like, oh, we've said... In the past, how important Jurassic Park is to my my film loving. So I, yeah, very much vibe with that, Bex. Yeah,
3: I think I I think the general thing of cinema was quite a big deal for me when I was a kid. Which mm. um, I used to go on, lock, on, on my own, like cycling there and then locking my bike against the railings and things like that, <laughs> which is what I literally would do. Um, and uh, yeah, and so that there was there was loads of, of from from that. Um, Weirdly, I remember seeing because I just got like the, the like, kids' club things, um, and this was back when it was just like film, so it wasn't like digital, it wasn't, like being in or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, they had to have like the film festivals, and to get like over the uh, the course of a a summer, they had to have like thirty or forty different movies mm-hmm. to have for this thing and so you'd get like really random ones you wouldn't just get new movies you'd get like older movies like I saw fucking Ghostbusters the original Ghostbusters yeah. and all these things and seeing that for the first time uh, and being like fucking hell you know mm. the original Ghostbusters that was a that was like a big deal yeah for seeing that I think that was that was one that wasn't supposed to be on. it, it was supposed to be something else yeah um, I remember going to pay for it uh, and you sometimes you, you didn't even know who was going to be playing Mm. Um, but things like seeing like the Sandlot kids Uh, that made me fascinated with baseball never watched a baseball game in my life at all (laughs) will never watch it but becoming fascinated with baseball as a concept within movies in the same way I I love a baseball movie and in the same way as I love a skiing movie never want to go fucking skiing ever sounds terrible
5: I like movies with ships in as well to say you're terrified of them.
3: The sea is a fucking monstrous did, thing. Did you tell him? I did not tell you.
5: We went to the seaside the other day for a walk on a night. It was quite windy. Yeah. Choppy. And the waves were coming up over the, um, like, the wall, the seawall.
2: I, I bet I bet he fucking loved that.
5: Oh, he, 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 like, shrank back from it. We weren't even close. He nearly backed into the road.
3: Nope, not going really fucking near that.
5: He did go really close at one point, though.
3: Yeah, then I fucking it splashed up and I ran away. You did run away, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we yeah. have a joint one. Go. When we went to see the Matrix, mm. um, and you know he takes the the when he takes the pill and all the stuff starts coming up, up into yeah. him there, yeah. and you know it goes into his mouth there. When we went to see the Matrix the first time, when it went into his mouth, the projector cut out.
5: Oh yeah, it did. We thought it was part of the
3: film. And We thought it was part of the film, and nice. loads of people were sat there because I think when it, often it makes that weird noise. The projector
5: at that moment when, yeah, everyone
3: it is, is this part of the film, and then had to come out and go, "This isn't part of the film. The projector is broken. We're very <laughs> sorry. It'll be back on in a minute."
5: Yeah,
3: oh, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought. And not cinema related, but I had a similar one to this. So you know the um, the Polanski movie, uh, The Tenant. No. Yeah. Uh, there's a moment in The Tenant where a where, where, it's, where it all starts to go weird. Uh, it's when a light is flipped, a light switch is flipped. Um, and I was watching that. And it's quite a tense moment, everything like that, uh, at home one night. Uh, and the light gets flipped and there was a fucking power cut the minute that like, the exact second the light was split <laughs> and everything fucking went dark and I shit myself <laughs> <laughs> <That was funny. laughs> uh, yeah so that, that was all the questions we had this week
2: nice um, okay so that's going to do it for this week um, oh, I, I do like those tales of Mark being scared by the sea um,
5: I'll film it next s- time
2: Good, please do, please I do. Will. It was actually um, quite
5: scary, though. Like, getting, like, right up close to it was like, you, you had to kind of, like, G yourself up for it. Because, not because not you, like, Mark thought he was going to get swept out to fucking sick. I actually asked you that.
3: You, numerous times. It? Can it get you?
5: Can it get you? How do you mean, yes, you could get splashed? No, like, can it get you and pull you in? You asked that a few times, though, Mark. Yeah, I did. I well, like, it. an
2: arm, like, reaching out.
5: Yeah. The thing is, though... It's like when it is choppy like that, you you are looking at it a little bit and going, that that was really dark. What's fucking in there though? Like,
3: I, I I kept on pointing at a ship that was out at a distance going. Those people are going to die.
5: Then you asked if another <laughs> one was on fire. No, it man, did look like it was on it's fire. It's just got a light on.
3: It, I I'm fairly certain it was on fire.
5: I don't think it was.
3: Well, agree or disagree? Okay.
2: So next week I have a question. Are we watching eight hours of Get Back? I, I mean, Bex isn't.
5: <laughs> I really want to watch it, actually, but I didn't realise it was eight hours. I, I want
3: to watch it. I just don't know if I can watch all of it. <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: in
2: not a week. Yeah. Guess, no. no, no, all right, no, that's fair. I, 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 yeah, yeah, totally do, fair. Maybe we,
1: we do part one. It's in
5: three parts,
3: isn't it?
5: Why don't we do all of it over the Christmas holidays? Or something like
3: that, yeah. We'll work it out. Okay. Yeah. Alright,
2: fine. Um, Okay, so, well, you know what we do have?
5: House of Gucci. fuck
2: yes. Hell yes. 24 hours time I will have seen House of Gucci. (laughs) I am very excited. Let's go. Oh, yes. So, we have House of Gucci. Um, The Halle Berry boxing film is on Netflix now.
3: Yeah.
2: So, we could take a look at Bruised.
3: I, I, I think I'm gonna watch Bruised, yeah. Yeah, a kind of very territorial right, we'll,
2: debut. I'm, I'm down with. We'll, we'll see how that one goes.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, but House of Gucci for sure. Um, I'm gonna see Encanto. I assume you guys probably aren't, um, but that's fine. Um, we'll lead with House of Gucci next week, and we'll, 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 we'll see what else we get to. Yep. What's
5: yeah? Cool. What's the next manly mm, man, man one?
2: Oh, yeah, well, yeah, no, okay, fine. Uh, Manhunter, I think, isn't it? I believe it is, yeah. What's after
3: Manhunter? Uh, You have... Yeah, it's Manhunter. Out of matter, it's Last of the Mohicans.
2: There is a bit of a gap, isn't there? Mm.
3: Yeah, there's like, there's like six years between that.
2: Okay, yeah, fair enough. All right, great. So, um... Yeah, no, uh, we'll also have Manhunter. Sorry, I'm fi- sounding a bit discombobulated because we haven't recorded the keep yet, so I didn't really have that in my head. Um, but yeah, no, we'll <laughs> talk about Manhunter as well for the patrons. Um, and uh, yeah, cool. Okay, great. Um, that will do whatever, it for this one. Oh,
5: whatever wins the Patreon pick, yeah, yeah. But we won't know that yet because it's not. Yeah, Oh, nice.
2: we'll do that next week, shall we? Yeah, that's fine. I'll just need to put up the put up the poll in good time. Okay, that's fine. I can do that.
5: Okay,
2: I can do that. Um, and then the week after next, we got Resident Evil.
5: Woo! So excited.
2: Bloody hell. Um, the reviews, the initial reviews seem to be very. Well, they definitely like the games. So.
5: That's all I
2: need. Um, apparently, they're basically setting it up for the sequel to be uh, Code Veronica, which I am. Um, really looking forward to because Code Veronica is fuck... I mean, like, Resident Evil is bonkers, but Code Veronica is fucking bonkers. (laughs) Have you ever played that, Bex?
5: No, wasn't it released on, like, a really niche console? It was
2: on the Dreamcast. Yeah. Which I had. Um, and I played Code Veronica. Um... I think it, there might be like a version of it that you could somehow play on
3: the PS4. I'll try and find that out for you next. Okay. Or we'll just try and work out some kind of emulator thing.
6: <laughs>
2: like, honestly, that fucking game is bonkers. It's great. Um, But yeah, oh, Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City. I'm looking forward to that. i, I, I I, I I wish we were covering that in, in the show as well, but we'll do it the week after. So, it'll be fine. Um, Yeah, that, that'll that do it. We did all the uh, pleasantries at the start. So, thank you very much, Becky. Thank
5: you very much, Ian. Sorry for being late.
2: <laughs> Not a problem. Thank you very much, Mark.
5: Thank you very much,
2: Ian. And Jason Reitman can suck my fucking dick. Good night.
0: Stop the clock. Time out, time to regroup before you lose the
4: bout,
0: freeze the parade. Threading water about the rip tides getting stronger. Don't panic, don't jump shit, can't fight it like taxes. 10.30, 19.90, boom, you're past, hey. what, can you what can you do? What
4: can you do? What can you do?
0: Peter Pan and Bell, which way to Never never and Emerald City's gone to hell since the Wizard blue. Man. On the streets you hear the voices Lost children, crocodiles, you're not into Making choices, wicked witches Poppy fields or men behind the curtain Tiger lilies, ruby slippers Cock is ticking, that's for certain Syndicate Valley. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to We Are